So getting into the restaurants, it kind of gave me a home, like I had mentioned before, and more of a welcoming. But it was also a way for me to be able to escape in a little way because it was full of a lot of people that uh, were kind of on the same path in life as I was into drugs or alcohol or not not very good family life. And so it was a very good spot to be in regards to trying to mask bigger issues within your life. But it also gave me a career and there was so many great and wonderful things out of it. But me personally, that's just, I found it as as an escape to be in. Welcome back to Surviving Hospitality. In today's episode, Elisa Lozano connects with our first chef, executive chef, Justin Donaldson. During our third installment, Justin describes the core reasons why he entered hospitality, his culinary education, the journey that led him to New York City, and his current career in continuous thermal processing, a line of work that is unlike anything he imagined when he began hospitality, but uses every skill he picked up in a traditional kitchen. Join us. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Surviving Hospitality. We are so excited to have Justin Donaldson on the show. He is the executive chef of Marlin International. He is one of my dearest friends and a CIA grad. We graduated from the CIA together. He's an uncle, a supportive boyfriend, a brother, a son, and a genuine friend. I'm so, so happy to be connecting with you today and hear your story. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So thrilled. So as you know, as we get started, this can kind of be nerve wracking a little bit. And so for you and I, we're lucky because we're doing this in the evening. And I always like to ask, what are you drinking? Well, I'm sitting here having a beer. I call it Spotted Cow from uh, New Glarus Brewery in Wisconsin. So you can only get it in Wisconsin. So, but uh, that makes it that much better. Oh my goodness. That's the only thing you like from Wisconsin. (laughs) I have never heard of it. I'll have to check it out when I'm in that neck of the woods. I've never been there. You will. You will have to. And what about yourself? What are you having? So I am drinking, you don't be disappointed, but it's this seltzer that I found that is San Pellegrino. It's called Momenti, pomegranate and black currant. Oh, nice. There may or may not be a little Smirnoff over the rocks in a glass next to it, but it's doing the trick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, it's nice to have a drink with you again. You too. It's too bad it's not in person, but I'm glad to do it nonetheless. So let's get started. So as you know, our podcast, we're getting it started because we really feel like there's a need to kind of just talk about how those of us in the industry are, we're all one and the same, we'll say, and we all are kind of relating to each other in a way that other people don't. We have challenges that we feel like other industries don't and also similarities. And we just want to kind of let people know, like, we hear you, we see you, we are you 10 years ago or 10 years from now. So what's really interesting to me about your story is just kind of your whole journey, how you got started and where you are today. And as I was kind of looking at your, what's special for you, it's about leaving the kitchen in a traditional sense, because you haven't really left the kitchen. But what you're doing today is 
totally removed from what you could have ever imagined that you would be doing when you graduated, of course, or even before then. So I'm really interested. And I think that other people will be interested to hear your story as well. So I was hoping that we could get started by talking about what brought you to hospitality. What brought me to hospitality is the sense of being able to be a part of something that was in service to others and being able to provide an experience and to be able to hopefully be able to take somebody that uh, would come into your establishment or be come into where you're at and hopefully transform that or transport them to a different perspective. Um, no matter, you know, uh, what they were going through before they got to your, your, your establishment, maybe they're in a good mood, maybe they're in a bad mood, but then they got to your place and they had a great, wonderful experience. And that's, to me, what, something that uh, drew me most to the hospitality is being able to have an impact on people's lives. It's almost like a, like a show. Why do you think that that was important to you to give an experience and to basically be available to serve someone else? You know, be able to serve people in a way, help me serve myself, helped me through some times in my life that, and gave me a sense of purpose and making other people happy, brought me through a lot of uh, challenging parts of my life. So those were the things that sucked me in, plus uh, a lot of other different aspects of the industry as well. You know, the, the competitive nature, the, the sense of camaraderie within the, the service team and the kitchen, and those were the, those drew me in and made me also kind of feel like I had a home. And made me this feel uh, welcome. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's when you feel somewhere, when you're somewhere and you feel like you, you belong and you're part of something that's bigger than yourself, that, that's a great feeling. Absolutely. I think that applies to everyone. And so tell me about, so you're originally from Oklahoma, is that right? I'm originally from Illinois. Okay. But I've, I've lived in a lot of different places. And I've moved quite a bit in my life. So I'm used to being in different environments, being around different people, experiencing new cultures. So all which are great to be able to, to, to do. So I've been blessed. That's amazing. And so tell me a little bit about school for you. I think sometimes, I mean, for those of us that are lucky, we realize early on, like in high school, let's say what we want to do, but for others, it takes a little bit longer. So at what point did you realize that this is something that you wanted to jump into as a career? Well, I mean, I was, uh, speaking of school, I'm a high school dropout and, uh, and I was forced to move out on my own shortly thereafter. So getting into the restaurants, it kind of gave me a home, like I had mentioned before, and more of a welcoming. But it was also a way for me to be able to escape in a little way because it was full of a lot of people that uh, were kind of on the same path in life as I was, into drugs or alcohol or not not very good family life. And so it was a very good spot to be in regards to trying to mask bigger issues within your life. But it also gave me a career. And there was so many great and wonderful things out of it. But me personally, that's just, I found it as as an escape to be in. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think that's a really common thing. I think in our industry, we definitely have a good combination of a lot of personalities. (laughs) But a lot of us are, I, I like to say, people pleasers. And whatever feeds that desire, I think it's different with everyone. So what led you from kind of, kitchens and figuring out that this was a career for you to the CIA. I mean, one of the things that I've always, I've always believed in is what got me where I'm at is not going to get me where I'm going. So 
I'm always trying to figure out a way to grow and evolve my personal self and being working in some places. I got really good at, at cooking and wanted to pursue it as my career and wanted to be a badass chef and a kick-ass restaurant in an awesome city. And just that was what I had set my, my goals out to be. And I had to, of course, go back to, and do some uh, junior college and work my way up and in order to be able to get to the, the culinary. And when I actually got accepted, it was one of the one of the greatest days of my life, to be honest. So, so exciting. And, so exciting. Yes, absolutely. I still remember visiting and I, I was absolutely sold. It was rainy and gross and I had to check <laughs> it all the way. I don't know why, but I had this great idea that I was going to fly into Islip, Long Island. And make it. I went all the way from Islip, Long Island to Hyde Park. <laughs> and, That's you a good know, drive. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking like, it couldn't be any worse than like going from Houston to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So silly, but it is such a beautiful and amazing place. So tell me about your experience there. Well, my experience there was, was I got there. I actually, I toured the campus before I actually got accepted at, like you. And I was sold as well. And when I got there and my experience through it was I couldn't believe I was there. I couldn't believe that I actually had that opportunity. And when you're there, like there's so many people from all over this country and around the world all mixed together. And you learn about so many different cuisines and, and cultures and new friendships that, that are developed that you go through together because you're stuck with each other throughout pretty much the entire duration. And it's just a, an experience that I hold dear to my heart. And it went too fast. In hindsight, I wish I would have taken a little bit more time and actually taken advantage of more of the opportunities that were actually available. But, you know, it, you know, you can't uh, you can't reflect upon those things. It's so funny because the school, when you're there, they're very good at having people come to talk to you. Professionals in the industry, experts yeah. in the field, and they come and say, what would you do if you could do it again? And every single person says that I think for sure because it really is such a special moment in time where you cannot re reproduce it even if you try yeah I mean when, when you get there it's like so overwhelming you know what I mean yeah. and you're like oh look at this library look at like it's just so overwhelming and you're just like it's like a mind blow you know <laughs> so it's just kind of it's a trip but you're also still trying to it's a small community but you're you're trying to figure out like who am I in this community and there's social distractions and professional opportunities. There's all kinds of stuff left and right. I, I really do think that there's no way that anyone ever can definitely maximize everything there is to offer on campus. There's just no way. No, no, no it's impossible. I mean, but I wish I could have done a little bit more. <laughs> you know? I think we all do. So as far as after the CIA, what were your plans after having gone through that experience, getting a great education. We grads have a bit of a reputation for wanting to leave there and just pick and choose what jobs that we want. What is it you did right after graduation? I wanted to be, I wanted to get a little bit closer to my family. So I returned to Minnesota and was working there so I could be, like I said, a little closer to my family. My brother just had a baby and well my brother didn't my my brother's uh, girl had a baby yes, of course, but of uh and I wanted to I wanted to hold my new niece and so 
ideally I wanted to stay in New York, but for all the years that I, I was kind of wandering, I call in the wilderness, and if you want to say, I uh, kind of wanted to reestablish bonds and and with my family. And that, that was very, very, very important to me. And so I went to Minnesota to be able to do that. And when it always leads to something else. So you never know that every, every decision you make has consequences and it makes you who you are today. So we decided to get out of there and go back to New York City and work in some pretty good places. Awesome. That was what I wanted to do. And so tell me about like, if you could describe your whole kitchen life, what do you think was the game changer? Like what kitchen really just kind of sealed the deal for you? Well, every kitchen I've been in has has done that. You know, I've learned something from every single person I've ever worked for in every single kitchen because you pick up little things, uh, whether it be skill or you pick up a management skill or a leadership skill or I like what that guy did, but I don't like what that guy did, you know, or I like that or I don't like that. So it's just kind of, I can't really just say uh, this place because they've all taught me something and they've all helped me grow and develop in my own sense of leadership and management and culinary philosophy. So the, 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 being able to pick one would be incredibly difficult, incredibly. So, but I would like to toast every single person that I've ever actually had the opportunity to work for, if I could, and say thank you for all that they've done for me. So every opportunity opens up another opportunity, opens up another opportunity to be able to grow yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think it's a really great kind of segue into your move outside of what we consider to be not run-of-the-mill kitchen, but like the traditional kitchen, because now you're working for a company that is completely different than anything that you worked in prior to that. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing on the day-to-day and how that's changed your life, both in positive and maybe different ways. Yeah, you know, I mean, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I always saw myself as working in some great places, starting my own business, be an entrepreneur, grow a brand and develop that I, that concepts. But my path has taken me to where I work for a company, like you said, Marlin International. And we are a, just to give you a little bit of background, we engineer, design, and build capital equipment for the food processing industry. We make pumps and size reduction fillers, continuous thermal applications. So I primarily help tier one and tier two customers with their process of their products on our machines to optimize their product through whether it be uh, yields or or, uh, increased profitability and such. So it's a company that we're worldwide. We're here in Kansas City. We're also in Bangkok and also in Haslett in, in Belgium. So it's completely different. I'm not really allowed to really talk about a lot of the companies I work for because there's a lot of NDAs involved. Sure. But it's everything from really, really, really big uh, companies to really, really small and everybody in between. So it's a unique opportunity to be able to learn a completely different side of the industry. And as I've been in this for several years now, the there's a, you see a shift a lot. I see a lot more familiar faces um, coming into that I work with that I've known years ago. And it's kind of a 
benefit I, to be able to work with them again and and to see them developing their own products. And there is also a drawback because you're not in the kitchens anymore. You're not in there grinding it out on a you know on a Friday or a Saturday night or but you know it, it's different this time. It's uh, taking a step back in a way, learning different processes, learning how to actually for myself to to think about ideas that I have and being able to possibly introduce those into the marketplace. Awesome. So that's where I'm at. And there is a world outside of kitchens. And, you know, you go to the culinary and all this stuff in there, like my direction was restaurants. And, you know, people go there, like, you know, like they get involved in wine and they they branch off and become whatever or, or sommeliers or there's so many different avenues you could take within this industry. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have now and uh, look forward to see what it has in store in the future. That's really awesome. So it sounds as though you're taking a lot of skills that you built over the years in an environment that was totally different than the one that you're in now. But what would you say are the through lines between being in a kitchen and doing what you're doing now? Well, I mean, the one thing you know about being in a kitchen is like you know how to communicate with people and you know how to read them. And and if you know how to read them, you can manage, you know, you know how to manage people. And and then being able to take that to this is is being able to be on a personal level with every everybody that comes in there and understand what they're actually looking for and being no matter how great their product is or how really not good it is, but being humble enough to be able to to help them through it and and to maybe give them a little bit of insights on on how to change this or that and be more authentic with them because it's it's their product, it's their baby, it's what they love and even though it's not mine, I have to treat it as though it is mine. Just like when you're in the restaurants and you're working with a chef and, you know, all these other guys, it's like what you do is you own your little station. Like this is mine. These implause, this is, you got to think a little bit outside of that box and more, more even keel and be able to help everybody with their ideas. So it's almost like incubation, being able to throw little ideas out at people and, and understand where they're at and, be able to maybe even have an influence on their product development. So that's awesome. It sounds as though, you know, your connection to people is really something that fuels what you do every day. Well, being connected to people is very important because I mean, thing is, is is you just never know who comes in in and out of your life every single day. So and what kind of impact that they they'll have on you, whether today, tomorrow or never. And so it's just, it, you got to be kind, you got to be good to people and you just never know what may transpire from that. You know, you might have, I might have somebody in tomorrow and then they might offer me a job to come work for them. So it's just kind of, you got to take advantage of every single opportunity that comes to you, no matter how big or small. Absolutely. So, I agree. Definitely. So if you had to think about it in the position that you're in, it sounds to me like you have a different, uh, a different type of work-life balance. I think there's a sense of, just enamorment with certain restaurants as you graduate or as you start to build a career in this industry. And I think you're a really awesome example of somebody that has a really amazing foundation of levels of experience, levels of everywhere from casual to fine dining, everything from Zagat Guide to two-star Michelin. What do you say is something that you would advise young chefs today that might be just trying to figure out like 
how do I navigate through this whole industry? Well, how to navigate? That's a good question, Elisa, because everybody's path is different and unique and everybody's story is unique to themselves. But the only thing I could really say is, is to take advantage of every single opportunity that comes your way, no matter what it is, how big or small, because you never know where it's going to lead you. Don't let anybody take advantage of you and always believe in yourself and do your best job and never let anybody outwork you and keep your head up and, and just grind. That's the only the mentality I've always had. And that's the only thing I could possibly give to somebody else and is to just be, a, be your own badass. <laughs> be your own just badass. Be your own badass. But... In, in whatever way that is, just be your own badass self and embrace it and kick ass. Whatever it is you want to do. I mean, if so, and it's amazing what your career will take you. Uh, just knowing who you are. I love it. That's great advice. We should get that well, printed on on coffee mugs. <laughs> be your own badass. I love it. I love it. All of this stuff is super awesome. I can't really think of any other super clever questions to ask you. I think that as I'm speaking to different people, learning different paths, and also at the same time, hearing the same through line. We are a certain type of people. We are just built a certain way. Like I mentioned earlier before, we are people pleasers. But it's it's so, it's on such a, such a romantic and beautiful level of just trying to go above and beyond. And I think that we exhibit the same skills in our workplace as we do in our lives. And I think we're very sensitive people. We're very, <laughs> we're very emotional people. We're very expressive people. And we're also pretty fragile. We definitely wear our heart on our sleeves. Definitely. You know, and, I would ask and, you, and you know, I've asked everybody that we've kind of been able to have the opportunity to speak with, like, why do you do it? You know, I do it for the love of food and where it came from and the heart and soul behind it. That's why I do it. Uh, and, and some of the most amazing experiences I've had is not in the finest restaurants, even though they I have had some great places, fine restaurants, but also some very, very humble places in the middle of nowhere out in, you know, a Philippine Island or uh, anyway. So the why I do it is, 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 is for the love of food, love of culture. There's something really pure and genuine about it, because when somebody makes you something and then, or when you when you get something it's from somebody's heart somebody's heart it came from and so that is very i don't know it touches my soul and it tugs at my heartstrings because whenever i cook for somebody i want them to feel my love and my heart and my passion and that's why i do it, it really why do you do it it really is an intimate thing that you're sharing and it could be with a stranger but you're creating a relationship in a very short time that feels sometimes more genuine than people that You've known a really long time. And why do you do it, Elisa? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a great question. And suddenly the tables turned. I do it because it's comfortable. It's what I know. And it's what it feeds me. No pun intended. Well. But, it, but it, feeds, <laughs> it feeds me. I think that I definitely thrive from giving. And I think that's where my desire came from to start in this whole adventure that I'm in now. I've learned over the years that I'm good at bringing people together and I'm good at making people feel comfortable 
And I'm good at just creating that warmth that people crave. But why do I do it? Because it just feels good. It feels natural. Yeah. Well, so what advice would you give somebody that has been in the, uh, you know, coming up in the industry or at, at, at school? What advice would you give them? Justin, you're hijacking the interview here. <laughs> I am not hijack. I hey, we're having a we're having a friendly conversation. You are my my one of my, my dearest friends on earth, and you know you want to you know I'm curious to know. What advice would I give to somebody? A good question. They're all good questions. Don't mean to put you on the spot, Elisa. I, I mean, but you just did. No, it's fine. I just have. To, I just need a minute, like. This is, one of the, <laughs> this is one of the things we pride ourselves in doing, being quick on our feet, right? Yeah. No, I- You're a New Yorker. Come on now. No, I'm, I am a Texan. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. I would say the advice that I would give to somebody just starting on this industry is that it will be the most fun. It will be the most heartbreaking. Yeah. And it will be the most worth it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a damn good answer. That's so that that answer kicked my answer's ass. I'm telling you right now, that is a great answer. That is a great answer because you're absolutely right. It it will uh, what it requires out of you and 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 how much it demands out of your personal self. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, but the the simple answer is we do it because we love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I think that it's been a super fun time to just kind of hang out and reconnect. Uh, of course. I look forward to lots of people reaching out and asking you for advice. Well, <laughs> well, if they do, then that'd be, that'd be more than welcome. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Elisa. Thanks for listening to the Surviving Hospitality Podcast, an LA consulting firm production. At LA Consulting, we specialize in accounting and human resources for the hospitality industry. Through this podcast, our goal is to inspire and share stories about our challenges and wins in the industry we love. We get real about it, share some laughs, and take a minute to remember why we do it. Surviving Hospitality is hosted by Elisa Lozano, produced by me, Michelle Rodriguez, edited by Mohamed Yusuf, original music by Phil Petrie. On behalf of guests around the world enjoying service at this moment, our deepest gratitude.